The LA Kings post their best back-to-back wins of the season following a come-from-behind victory on the road over the defending Stanley Cup champs. We'll give you all the details and break down the win over the Avalanche on this edition of Locked on LA King. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We are at over a thousand subscribers and counting. Thank you to all of those that have subscribed and liked the YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. Well, we being me. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, for the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. The Kings hit the road for one game in Denver to take on the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Kings came in with a record of 20, 12, and 6 for 48 points. L.A. had won five of their last six and had points in six straight. For Colorado, they checked in with a 19-12-2 record for 40 points. They had won six of their last eight. Uh, The Avs were riding a nine-game winning streak over the L.A. Kings. As for the Kings lineup, pretty familiar one. Andre Kopitar centering the top line with Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala on his wings. Philip Deneau centering the second line. Victor Arvidsson and Alex Ayafalo on his wings. Blake Lizotte centering the third line with Gabe Velarde and Jarrett Anderson-Dolan as his wingers. And Quinton Byfield centering the fourth line with Rasmus Kupari and Carl Grundstrom draws into the lineup. The defensive pairings were Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy and Sean Dursey, Sean Walker and Alex Edler, and Phoenix Copley was in net. The scratches for the Kings were defenseman Jordan Spence and forward Brendan Lemieux. Arthur Kaliev is on injured reserve and Trevor Moore also day-to-day with an injury. So pretty much the same lineup we have seen lately. Uh, still no Arthur Kaliev or Trevor Moore, which was not unexpected. Uh, both, again, are pretty much day-to-day from what we are hearing. Even though Kaliev was placed on injured reserve, it was retroactive to December the 20th, meaning he asked him his seven days, which he's already done, so he can come off IR at any time. Carl Grundstrom was inserted on the fourth line for Brendan Lemieux, and even though I have said that Lemieux, I think, can be a valuable asset to the Kings lineup, he has taken some bad penalties over the last couple of games, and so um, I can understand why. He was uh, he was given a this a seat uh, in the press box uh, for this one. Um, so Phoenix Copley in net again, as we've said, it is his net to lose. He is going to start until he gives Todd McClellan a reason not to start him, and uh, so far that has not been the case. Uh, as for the game in Colorado, a pretty even start in this one between the two teams. Uh, eventually, though, the Kings would strike first. Jarrett Anderson Dolan would take the puck into the ab zone with speed. Made a nice backhand pass to Gabe Velarde, who scored on a wrist shot from the right faceoff dot, and the Kings would grab the one nothing advantage for Velarde. He extended his team-leading goals to 15 and set a new career high in points with 24. Everything was going great for the Kings until Kevin Fiala took a boarding penalty and gave that avalanche power play, which was fifth in the NHL in power play percentage, a chance to get back in the game. But the Kings' penalty kill came through with a solid effort, and after one, L.A. had a one nothing lead. Great first period for the Kings. They had the better chances. They did a great job keeping the abs to one and done in their scoring opportunities. No sustained pressure, no second chances 
for the Avalanche in that opening period. Second period, Sean Walker was called for a holding penalty, and the Kings' penalty kill looked good. That was until Andre Kovatar and Sean Dursey collided. It led to an easy goal for the Abs as Dursey couldn't get back in the play. Phoenix Copley, no chance uh, for the save on that one. He had an avalanche player to both his right and his left, and the pass came through the crease and it was pretty much a goal into an empty net. So unfortunate there for the Kings, a little bit unlucky on that one, and we'd be tied at 1-1. The Kings will get a power play chance of their own uh, and reclaim the lead on a gutsy play from Victor Arvidsson after getting shoved into the boards from behind and somehow not getting a penalty call. Arvidsson would pull himself up off the ice, get a pass from Alex Iafalo, and make a great feed over to his left to Philip Deneau, who scored on a one-timer, and the Kings took a 2-1 lead. Awesome play by RV. Loved him showing the toughness on that play and a great skill to make a pass, perfect, perfect pass to Philip Deneau for the one-timer. Um, after that, though, the Avalanche started to take over, and in particular, one man started to take over, and that would be superstar defenseman Kale McCarr. In the span of about three minutes, McCarr had a primary assist on the Avs' go-ahead goal, scored a goal to make it 3-1, and then carried the puck around the Kings' net and picked up a secondary assist on the fourth goal. McCarr was uh, pretty quiet at that point, but wow, he did show why. He is one of the best players in the NHL with that uh, amazing output there in that three-minute span. And Colorado had a 4-2 lead after two periods. In the third, the Kings got a big chance to get back in the game early with a power play opportunity. Quinton Byfield would do a good job keeping the puck in the Colorado end, and uh, the puck would find its way over to Victor Arvidsson. He made a beautiful feed in the slot to Alex Iafalo, who scored on a beautiful wrist shot top shelf. And that made it 4-3, to three, and the Kings were back in the game. Later, with Kevin Fiala dropped down to the fourth line, he would get a pass from Blake Lazada after a great move into the Colorado zone. Fiala then left it for Sean Walker, who did a pull-and-drag move that I didn't know he could do and scored on a wicked wrist shot to make it 4-4. After a scoreless overtime, the game went to a shootout. Victor Arvidsson and Adrian Kante scoring in the shootout while Phoenix Copley stopped the only two shooters he saw. And the Kings... Skate off with a thrilling, gritty, gutty 5-4 victory. L.A. snapped a nine-game losing skid against the Avalanche and have now won six of seven and have points in seven straight games. The Kings are now just two points behind the Vegas Golden Knights as we record this for first place, first place in the Pacific Division. And they've got a big game against Vegas coming up on the road next Saturday. But hey, we got to talk about this one. A great win for the Kings. Uh, another really fun, entertaining game as well. And I think the Kings just posted their best performance of the season in back-to-back -back games. We're going to talk about that and more. But first, I want to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few drinks back, and if you become a few too many, as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but now nah, you live nearby you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds are going to get pulled over anyway? And even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Well, your insurance could go up. You could lose your license, lose your job, total your car. You could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Plan it safe, uh, or I should say play it safe and plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's get into this big win over the Avalanche. Uh, right after the game, my first thought was that's the best back-to-back -back wins of the season. 
for the LA Kings, beating Vegas on Tuesday and then going on the road and knocking off the defending Stanley Cup champs on Thursday. Um, so to confirm my opinion, I double-checked the schedule. Um, last night was the 20th time the Kings have recorded back-to-back wins so far this season. The Kings did have a nice little three-game stretch uh, of wins in mid-October, uh, beating the Wild, Red Wings, and Predators. Uh, they had back-to-back wins in late October over the Maple Leafs and Blues. They were nice. Um, there were also consecutive wins over the Panthers and Wild at home in November. The Kings had that great win over Boston, then came home and beat San Jose in mid-December. However, none of those wins were over the quality of opponents back-to-back, like the Golden Knights, the top team in the Pacific Division, and the Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And most importantly, the Kings were not playing the style of hockey that I think they are now, which is their best of the season. For me, the back-to-back wins over Vegas and Colorado are the best back-to-back wins of the season. Again, because of the opponents and because of the way the Kings were playing. Uh, earlier in the season, as we all know, it was a you know a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of up-and-down games. But right now, the Kings, I think, are playing their best hockey of the season. We'll certainly get more into that um, as we go forward here. But I've been saying all along, you've been saying all along, uh, most of the pundits that have been covering the Kings have been saying all along, that the Kings need to be more consistent and play the right way. And they've done that recently. Now, again, there was that four-game winning streak early in the year, but the Kings were outscoring their opponents. They were not playing solid hockey. Um, that is not the case now, in my opinion. The Kings are getting solid goaltending, playing some pretty good special teams, playing sound defensively and dangerous offensively. This is the LA Kings team that we all hoped that we were going to see at the beginning of the year and most of the season. I hope this is the Kings team we're going to see for most of the season going forward. If that is the case, uh, I think this could be a very special year. Yes, to be fair, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche were not at 100%. That Both those teams do have in- injury issues. However, even with that being the case, they're also both very talented teams, and those are those are good wins over good opponents. So I don't think the Kings have anything to apologize for. Um, you know, it's not their fault that those teams are having some injury issues right now. And you got to take advantage of those situations. And the Kings have done that. And it is crazy. And maybe they're setting us up for another fall. But after they were playing some of their worst hockey of the year and people like me were contemplating a coaching change, people like you probably were thinking they got to do something. We got to make a major trade. They got to shake things up that somehow they've turned it around. Like I said, we were hoping that big win over Boston could be a point that they could look at in the season and say, this is where we turn it around. And so far, that has been the case, and we'll see if they can keep it going. But I think they're feeling great about the way they're playing. I think Todd McClellan is finally seeing it click, and they're playing the type of hockey that he hoped they would see. Is it is it as good as it could be? Maybe not, but it's close, I think, right now, the way they're playing. So... Let's talk about one of the big reasons why it seems like they're playing better, and that is, of course, Phoenix Copley. Did he play his best game as a king against Colorado? No, but he did battle, and he did make some key saves and key opportunities. Um, He did allow one soft goal, and I thought it was his first soft goal of the season since taking over a net, and that was the wrist shot by Andrew Cogliano. He saw it the whole way, should have stopped it, um, but he was able to put it behind him and move on and make the the next saves, which is what a good goaltender has to do. Uh, specifically had a huge save on Kale McCarr in the overtime, one of the best players in the NHL. Obviously, that was great to see. Um, and obviously great to see him go two for two in the shootout and uh, preserve the victory for the Kings. Phoenix Copley is now eight and one as an LA King. He has won six starts in a row. 
No one in their right mind would have believed that that would happen this season. No one, no one in their right mind would believe he'd be the number one goalie for the Kings, much less being uh, how good he's been. And by the way, that includes Phoenix Copley. <laughs> I don't, if you would have told him you're going to take over a net uh, for the Kings this year and you're going to go eight and one in your first nine starts for the Kings, he would have probably, his eyes would have been wide and he would have said that would be pretty amazing. And it is pretty amazing. It is one of the feel good stories in the NHL so far this season. We'll see how long it lasts, but for now, we're all enjoying it, including his teammates and Phoenix Copley himself. Got to single out the second line, the Dano line, the LA Kings last night. Uh, Dano, Victor Arbitson, Alex Ayafala were all outstanding. Dano had a goal to give him eight points in his last six games. Ayafalo had a goal and an assist. He's got four goals and seven points in his last six since coming back from injury. And Victor Arbitson, two primary assists and scoring in the shootout as well. Great job by the second line, that Dano line. We saw most of last year being the uh, the top line. We'll see what happens when Trevor Moore comes back, how they want to play that. But for now, the second line, once again, being the top line for the LA Kings. And great job by that trio, specifically last night against Colorado. We mentioned Gabe Velarde with a goal, and uh, he leads the team now with 16, set a new career high for points with 24. How about Sean Walker? Uh, like I said, this is a guy who has... Um, drawn uh the ire of a lot of kings fans a lot of people think they should uh, bench him a lot of people have thought about maybe trading him maybe even sending him to the ahl but uh playing a little bit better of late um and he is coming off that major knee injury so maybe we should give him a little bit more time maybe now is the time where he's kind of finally getting the groove i, I didn't know he had that kind of skill if you saw that pull and drag move he had i mean that was a that was a move that i think kevin fiala would have been like hey that was, that's nice. Uh, I, I didn't know he had that in his toolbox. That was an amazing offensive snapshot by him and uh, a great finish and good good for Sean Walker. It's not like anyone's not rooting for him to do well. It's just that I think a lot of people were concerned with the way he had played at, at times this year, but um, has played better of late, and that was a phenomenal goal by him and good to see uh, one of the blue liners stepping up and, and scoring a key goal in a key moment. Um, while they did not score goals, it was nice to see Jarrett Anderson Dolan and Quentin Byfield contributing. I thought uh, J.A.D. had his best game as a king. By the way, is it J.A.D. or Jad? Have we decided what we're calling him? I'm calling him J.A.D. for now. But uh, he picked up an assist on that uh, Velarde goal. That was uh, a great move by him. I thought he showed a lot of jump, really looked good. I thought Jim Fox made a great point that it's Blake Lazat and Jarrett Anderson Dolan kind of uh, doing the dirty work providing the energy and tracking down the puck and looking to feed the finisher in uh, Gabe Velarde. And we'll see if that is something that maybe they go forward and excel at and, and have the third line really contribute. Um, I thought uh, that it was interesting that Kevin, or excuse me, um, Quentin Byfield was elevated to the top line uh, late in the game playing wing with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. And Kevin Fiala was dropped down to the fourth line. And actually Fiala, really played a lot better when that happened. Um, not sure if it was just being motivated um, by the demotion, if you want to call it that, or if he just felt more comfortable skating with, uh, you know, uh, Blake Lazat And, uh, you know, so I just, I don't know. But he did play better after that. And uh, give credit to Todd McClellan. That was a move I didn't see coming, um, but it worked out. So credit the head coach on that one. I got to talk about special teams. Uh, we talked about it on Thursday. The Kings needed to stay out of the box against the Avs, who had the fifth-ranked power play in the NHL as far, as far as power play percentage. 
Well, they didn't do that. Uh, they uh, actually took way too many penalties, uh, but the PK got it done. Colorado, five power play chances. They got one goal. If you would have told me that going in, I would have said, absolutely, I'll take that. Um, and we've talked about the timely kills for LA. And there was one in the first period where I don't think the Avs had a shot on goal. Uh, and then there was a big one, uh, obviously, in the third period late to preserve the tie and get the game into overtime. Um, of course, the one power play goal they did allow was a little bit of bad luck when Kopi and, and Dursey collided. Um, and the Kings went two for four on the power play, including a big power play goal early in the third period to get the Kings to within one goal and get them some much-needed momentum early on in that third period to eventually get the tying goal. Um, I have talked about it before, but the Kings need to use that improved power play as a tool to score key goals in key moments, and that was an example of them doing that, and that was nice to see. Great win by the LA Kings. Let's keep it going. Uh, we're going to look ahead to Saturday's home game against the Philadelphia Flyers, but first... I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. That is Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So again, yeah, we want the Kings to keep this going. Like I said, it is their best stretch of the season, in my opinion, when you consider how they're playing and some of the teams they have beaten. Uh, up next, a home game on Saturday afternoon against the Philadelphia Flyers. If you are unfamiliar with the Flyers, I'll give you a little bit of an update on what's going on with them. Um, they are a team that, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to understand the situation they're in. I think a lot of people on the outside looking in do, uh, and that situation is they're not good. And they haven't been good for a little while, and they need to be in a rebuild, and they're not for whatever reason. Uh, we we're seeing it with some teams around the NHL, like more familiar teams, the Sharks, the Ducks, the Blackhawks. Those teams are rebuilding. Those teams are going in all in on basically not playing well, not putting a great product on the ice, putting out younger players to develop them, and then, of course, get the draft picks that come along with not having a good season. And the Flyers, fr frankly, need to do a little bit more of that, need to trade away some of their veteran players and bring in some younger players, acquire some uh, some draft picks, things like that. But they haven't really done it for whatever reason. Um, they did try and shake things up in the offseason by making a coaching change. Uh, they brought in the fiery John Tortorella, who is a former Stanley Cup winning coach, but has bounced around in a lot of different places lately. Um, and it has not gone well for the Flyers and Torts on or off the ice. Uh, Philadelphia is one of the worst teams in the NHL. Uh, they have the fifth worst point total in the NHL, 31 points to be exact, a record of 12, 17, and 7. They actually started the season decently, but came crashing down to earth pretty quickly. Um, and recently, Tortorella benched the team's leading scorer, Kevin Hayes, which was a big controversy in Philadelphia, uh, drew criticism from Hayes from some former Flyers players and from some of the media as well. That caused Tortorella to get into it with the local reporters over what he claimed was their attempts to poison the relationship between him and one of his star players. Um, in their last 13 games, the Flyers have just four wins. They are coming off one of those victories, a 4-3 overtime win in San Jose on Thursday. But bottom line, the Kings should win this game. Of course, you have to respect every opponent. And it should be pointed out the Kings did lose to a team that is below the Flyers in the Eastern Conference standings. That is the Columbus Blue Jackets back on December the 11th. But again, this is a very winnable game for the Kings. Uh, the Kings need to take advantage of opponents like this and get two points as they are right in the thick of things in the hunt for first place in the Pacific Division. 
Um, face off at crypto.com arena on this Saturday. Tomorrow is set for 1 p.m. It will be televised locally on Valley Sports West. You can listen to it on the Kings iHeart Audio Network. And I will be at the game. Uh, and if anybody wants to say hi, I am more than happy to do that uh, before the game, after the game, in between periods. Uh, if you want to reach out and say you'd like to meet, uh, send me an email, uh, lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. Uh, also on Twitter, if you want to send uh, a note that way, uh, the Twitter address is at LockedOnLAKings, and we are on Instagram as well. That is LockedOnLAKings as well. So coming up on Monday's show, we'll obviously have a full recap of the game against the Flyers. Also have uh, any news to pass along that occurs over the weekend. Uh, we are going to check in on what happens with the Ontario Reign. i give you a Cal Peterson update and the World Junior Championships going on as well. We'll check on on Brant Clark and the other Kings prospects taking part in that big tournament north of the border. That is all coming up on our Monday edition of Locked on LA Kings. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have a safe and fun New Year celebration, and we'll talk to you in 2023. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go!